No Gods, No Monsters contains spoilers, profanity, and substance use. to another planet and you're demonstrating your technological might how do you do it what do i do i get to bring anything whatever you can fit on your spaceship slash kaiju probably pong pong (laughs) i don't want to blow their minds too hard i feel like if i bring like call of duty they'll be fucking done so pong is, is my answer wait can you repeat the question i mean you're you're going to another planet and you you want to like demonstrate your technological might, and I I sort of assumed you wanted to strike a little fear in them, but Rabbit oh, Rabbit sure. went the other way, which is fine. Strike fear in them? Maybe, maybe you don't. Maybe you just want to be a homie. I'll just show them pictures of um, the rock and be like, "This is what <laughs> we look like back <laughs> on planet Earth." <laughs> <laughs> his strengths i just want to make clear because i mean the rock is a feat of technology in some way (laughs) shape or form i don't i don't quite understand how but i just love that you're there (laughs) that you have to show them what you look like (laughs) through a picture of the rock i said this is what we look like back on earth (laughs) (laughs) you should see us in our own gravity dude i I would tell them this is what i look like on earth things just change (laughs) when we get out of our atmosphere okay my bad i'm sorry i laughed but that makes sense they may not fear us invading them but they'll fear invading us Uh, (laughs) true that's a good fucking point you just go all the way there to be like don't invade us now that you know we exist yeah (laughs) uh barto how would you do it Probably one of those like really absurd vape rigs. I would just blow very big uh, circle. I I used to know how to do um, uh, blow a smoke ring and then snap my fingers and turn it into a heart. And uh, and I would do that, but with one of those massive clouds, I'd just come down like smoke pouring through my helmet or whatever. I think. That'd be an intimidating entrance. My guess for you, Barto, of what you were going to say was a very tiny joint, like your technology <laughs> of how small you can make a joint. So this is close to my guess. <laughs> yeah. You just went the other way. Yeah. Just a very wee little. <laughs> <laughs> it's so tiny. Oh, my God. God. Wait. We need a Patreon so people can see Cashier. this shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're, he's holding it up it's just hard to see <laughs> but i mean i'm sure if you want to go to a el barto anti-work listener you can see these tiny joints i do be posted you can marvel at these tiny joints and you can fear these tiny joints like you were an inhabitant of another planet being presented with technology that's not not quite as scary as pictures of the rock but still <laughs> pretty scary and intimidating <laughs> Yeah, 
This is all it takes to get us high. (laughs) (laughs) Our weed technology will freak them the fuck out. (laughs) Welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. We're the anti-capitalist kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one's coming to save us. I'm Rabbit. I'm Cool Rabbit. I'm Bardo. (laughs) And today we're talking about 1971's Gamera versus Zegra. Zegra? Zegra? You know, I watched the commentary. I should know this, but uh, Look, I, I'm gonna go with Zigra. All right, um, Charlie, would you like to tell us what this movie's about? <sighs> Noriaki Yuasa. I've known him as one of cinema's greatest unsung heroes. He directed all but one of the show era Gamera movies, a series that, in my opinion, easily rivals the same era as Godzilla movies. The Gamera films are filled to the brim with imagination and creativity where I am constantly enthralled by the bonkers energy vibing through the seams of the celluloid, even during the series' lowest points. The same energy that went into the creation of a giant flying, fire-eating, and breathing turtle went into almost all the other aspects of the series. People often mock the movies and being stupid and childish, betraying that they are a dead-inside husk of what their child self would despise. Yes, to repeat myself, I know Noriaki Yuasa as one of cinema's greatest unsung heroes. Until I encountered his sixth Gamera film, 1971's Gamera vs. Zigra. 1971 marks one of the greatest heel turns in history. As a stalwart Gamera defender, my absolute favorite kaiju, I feel personally betrayed by Noriaki Yuasa. I was a fan. I supported Gamera. I've watched all these movies and waiting time after time to see what antics and what adventures Gamera would get up to. And yet, something happened to Yuasa to make him suddenly hate and despise his audience, people like me. And I don't know if I will ever be able to forgive him. A truly evil man. But it is impressive how he manipulated physics to make an entire fucking three days fit into an hour and a half. 1971. Japan has a moon base, and a moon buggy gets taken away by a jellybean spaceship that turns out to later be controlled by a giant goblin shark alien who supposedly, rep- who supposedly represents an entire race of aliens whose planet's oceans got destroyed by technological progress. But where are the other shark aliens, Barto? Where are the other shark aliens? Anyways, there are some kids, of course, and they know more than the adults, of course, but they are way more annoying than any of the other kids in Gamera movies. And there's a giant turtle named Gamera, of course, but he's in this way less. He's in favor. The director decided to choose to shoot scenes of uh, children being chased around SeaWorld. But when we do see Gamera, there's way too many shots of him dancing or sticking out his tongue. Gamera is not a fucking joke. Why does this movie try to make him one? This this movie sucks. Uh, the, the kids suck. The characters suck. Uh... <laughs> This is the only time in history Gamera's ever sucked. Um, Zegra g- kind of sucks. Um, and, yeah, this movie just sucks. SeaWorld sucks. <laughs> SeaWorld sucks. I mean, come on. Gamera versus Zegra, baby. Uh, Man, you guys didn't like I the dancing? To... I thought the dancing was great. I kind of liked the dancing. That was also I... a bright spot for me. Okay. So I kind of liked it, except for like it went on like five seconds too long. I was kidding. Like, it went on so long. I yeah. can't. Like if there was just like a, a maybe one and a half second kind of little 
move or something like oh that'd be fine and good but it's all they had for like it's all they had like i don't this movie was so fucking bad i mean there were two whole scenes in this movie and characters that emerged who like got names and we had backstories of and stuff like that who just never returned that that like the hotel manager scene (laughs) where they're arguing about buying fish for like five minutes and a a man in a tuxedo is like i will die uh to make sure my guests are happy at sea world and uh and then there's the the other guy um what's his name niaman who like kind of looks like he he's on like crust punk island is sort of how i read it like he gives this whole backstory about like how his oh. his ancestors saved a lord, and so now they named this island after his family's name, and it has nothing to do with anything. They don't return to it. There's no all all it does is establish that the children did not travel through time, yeah. like they <laughs> like they momentarily suspected that they did. I assume that's like a reference to like some japanese legend or something i'm assuming right? nothing i don't <laughs> like also that scene it's like not only are they putting in stuff you don't need they're not putting in stuff you do need like in that scene the two dads are passed out and like kind of dead on an island with the two kids who were on an island and then they're like oh good we're not that far and the next scene they're just in a building with a bunch of people and there's no explanation for how the children got their passed out parents from an island to land like what and that building is sea world like yeah. sort of like the expo 71 they're running a military operation yes. out of a tourist attraction yeah i guess uh sea world sponsored this yes. movie um so that's- okay that's also, uh, I guess, one of the stipulations was SeaWorld couldn't be destroyed. Um, <laughs> uh, even the miniatures, the miniature Worst SeaWorld decision ever to. made before making a movie. <laughs> SeaWorld can't be destroyed. That's, that's, you know it's going to suck. Apparently, SeaWorld had, like, just been built there, and uh, it hadn't been open to the public yet when they shot this. That makes uh, so, oh, so much so, sense why they shoehorned all these yeah. lines in with the animals. Okay. Yeah. So I, I mentioned earlier, um, unless it gets cut, I, I, I watched the commentary track with this, except for the last 20 minutes because they didn't have time. Um, yeah, it's commentary by two people. They wrote a book about um, uh, the environmentalism in kaiju movies. Uh, it's, it's a solid commentary track. Um, I, I'd recommend listening to it if you have the, the means to. But um, they brought up, well, they brought up that SeaWorld stuff I was talking about before. They brought up something else about SeaWorld. I can't remember what. Hopefully it'll come back. We got a whole animal section and the environmental yeah. section. Maybe it'll pop in your brain. Which is all perplexing. I'm hoping y'all have some insight because it's all... Everything about this movie is is perplexing. It There's so much stuff that they, they set up and then they don't knock any of it down. I was going to bring up that um, at this point, the studio that made the Gamera movies, uh, Dia Studios, they were going bankrupt. Uh, and so they really, they needed sponsors. Um, so SeaWorld was a major sponsor of this movie. I think by the time this movie came up, the studio, this came out, the studio was done. Look, look, 
we all know SeaWorld has committed a lot of heinous crimes over the years. But we can all agree that this is the most heinous. (laughs) I'm sorry about Shamu. I'm sorry about the trainers who've been eaten. I'm sorry about all the depressed animals. But like Gamera versus Zigra is an abomination. How dare they? Uh, Yeah, I guess this movie was made on $97,000 basically at the time. Um, Wow. And and it was... Wow. the reason why there is such extended chase scenes around SeaWorld is because they they had to cut a scene due to the budget of a, of a monster fight scene. Those um, chase scenes were the okay. worst thing I have. Like, this plot is actually incredibly fucked up. It's like this psychopathic alien is going to kill children so that it can still eat the rest of the human race. But it plays like a Benny Hill thing, but without the music. But it does have this weird, like, psychotic fucking Halloween music. But then it's just like, between like, oops, she can't catch us, huh? And then like, I'm dragging you towards the mouths of orcas. Like, it's so fucking weird. And it's still like a Benny Hill scene because it's a... woman running around in a mini skirt with yeah. uh, you can even occasionally see her underwear it's very weird very weird do y'all want to get into some awards you want to start there sure all right dumb cop of the week the the hotel manager who <laughs> was willing to die for his job um i guess it's not really cop behavior but it is very very, very. I don't know what's bootlicking. <laughs> it is very bootlicky. Like I am this business that treats me like shit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That scene was they... so perplexing. Why is he wearing a tuxedo? And like, th- they're arguing about what's better: the guy who feeds animals at SeaWorld or a hotel manager. And yeah. one of the lines, I think, I wrote it in all caps here because I think I got it right, is. You may think being a hotel manager is great, but not me. We both work at SeaWorld. Like, that's supposed to mean something, and I don't know what it means. I, I, I think it means that he thinks he's above all the other people, and the, the including the um, orca trainer slash keeper, whatever he's called. And the orca keeper's like, you're not better than me. We work at the same fucking place. Shut mm. up. That makes sense. I get it. I think that it might be a super, like, woke analysis of how you know the bosses pit the underlings against each other instead mm. of them combining forces to seize power am i right guys that's what it's about i mean <laughs> i i guess that yeah, that would fit more on the uh our podcast <laughs> if we say that <laughs> no it's not it's not true uh my dumb cop of the week is the soldier guy who like never changes his expression even when he's explaining to the main character kid uh ken's mom that like the kids are not going to be saved and he like somehow knows that there's another bathiosphere in france but oh sorry i didn't shouldn't have mentioned that because we can't get it in time but like also he speaks on behalf of all of earth when they can't get a hold of the un and he's like yeah we're gonna surrender so you don't destroy those four people and uh yeah, this dude just didn't seem to know what was going on in his face. He was, like, tasked with speaking on behalf of all of Earth from SeaWorld, and his expression never <laughs> changed. Um, he he looked like, um, I can't place who, but his he held his, like, neck <laughs> and head in, like, such a way. He, he reminded me of, like, Adventure Brothers. 
like a grunt in a Venture Brothers cartoon or something like that. Like, I don't know. Totally. Very strange guy. He he reminded me a bit of uh, the guy I picked for Dumb Cop of the Week in and the whole situation in Gamera versus, is it Viras? Uh, where they're going to, like, the UN decides to surrender all of Earth for the two kids. Like, it's kind of the same thing. They're reusing yeah. a lot of stuff in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He also didn't look... He looked out of place. He didn't look like the person who should be in charge of the no. military that's, like, fighting off the space aliens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He just didn't look right for the part. He was one of the people who, when he came on screen, though, I was, like, more entertained than I was. Oh, I, yeah, with, I think I'd agree with that. With almost anyone else in this movie. Yeah. Just because he was so weird. He, like, stood out in a way that, like, most of the ad- other adults in this movie, I kind of kept, like, getting people mixed up until I realized it didn't really matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> um, but he was, like, he looked, had such, like, an intense look on his face the entire time. <laughs> I'm like, okay, still that guy. <laughs> My dumb cop is uh, the reporter who... When they're talking about weapons that work against Zegra, one of them's like, "What about the H bombs? That's one of my <laughs> <Yes>. dumb cops." <laughs> and and the soldier's like, "Well, no, because that would uh, kill everybody." And then uh, the other dumb cop, um, who's more of a dumb cop, goes like, "What about our tax dollars? Aren't you supposed to protect yeah, us? Why aren't you using an H bomb? Like, we paid you." Yeah. <laughs> so. um, uh, those are my dumb cops. <laughs> yes, all good dumb cops. Um, I'll go first with Praxis Award. I'm giving it to, you said his name, Barto, I can't remember, but the sea wizard man uh, who's eating seaweed with a walking stick, has a long, like, blonde beard and hair, a patchy cloak, and is just, like, living away from civilization and all of its polluters and just answering kids' questions. That guy gets my Praxis Award. Uh, um, yes. Some little commentary facts. <laughs> There's some explanation for him. That's so great. Thank you, Charlie. um he is that same actor is the inuit chief oh yeah it's not really an explanation (laughs) damn it Uh, this that same actor is the inuit chief for the the first first one okay nice and he's also um a fisherman in hetera which will come out a week later wow which we'll cover next yeah which uh tackles the same themes um in the exact different uh Exactly opposite um, quality. <laughs> I really was hoping you were going to give us something, Charlie, about why this character was there. Other than them being like, wait, no, we need I, one cool I, thing. I... This movie needs one cool <laughs> thing. Let's just do this. But also for the praxis on him, I guess we can assume that he sailed the kids and their comatose fathers to the mainland, right? Like... Assume what nothing. other option is there? That seems to make the most I'm not sense. assuming that, and I would give the award away, take it away from him, because he should have just murdered them right then and there with that stick. I don't fully agree with that. I think he should have murdered the children right there. Sure. I, I, did, I think the, the two fathers were kind of... They cute. were a cute couple. Um, You're right. <laughs> I definitely wish that the movie kind of followed them more than the children. They were way more... I like them way more than the children. I'm going to give my Praxis Award to um, one of the dads. I, I forget what their names are. Um, who... When they're on the spaceship and in this very surreal uh, situation, he takes the time to explain 
earthquake magnitudes yes to his very inquisitive son after like they watched this video of like or this live stream i guess of uh of cities being destroyed by earthquakes not just cities i think it was like tokyo yeah like they're fucking home ground he takes him in to very calmly and sweetly hell yeah explain what an earthquake magnitude is to (laughs) to his son and i thought Mm -hmm. i thought that is like top tier parenting (laughs) and space lady was like he's correct (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. this is a real threat um is that the same dad that had the like absolutely phenomenal math i can't remember what it was but they were like Mm-hmm. what was it was it like light years to years or something he just like well that's and just suddenly did it <laughs> yeah 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 he figured out yeah. like how far away their was like, planet was yeah mm-hmm. it was like, like something trillion miles yeah. <laughs> instantly yeah. in his head he did like light speed like any uh, marine biologist yeah head. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was really very cool good practice award charlie what do you got um, mine is the uh, whale slash dolphin trainer. I know, obviously, SeaWorld bad, but he obviously very much cared for the animals and was very compassionate towards them. We see him early on crying over the dolphin that's uh, dead from sludge and pollution. Um, and then he gets in the fish fight, and the other guy's like, I gotta feed the people in my hotel. And he takes, he's like, you don't got anybody at the hotel. And they go to the hotel and the ma- hotel manager's like, see, I have all the press right here. And he gets out of the car and the fucking guy's like, sorry, this fish is going to my fucking animals. I need to feed those guys. And he just pulls away. He's like, those reporters don't need to get fed. My orcas need to get fed. My dolphins need to get fed. True. Uh, fuck the reporters. They don't need this. My, my dudes, dude. And I think that was practice. Hell yeah. This is an anti-press podcast. Yes. I'm into that. <laughs> totally. Uh, okay, favorite shots. I mean, just a reminder, some of those press are like, why aren't we using the H-bomb? It's <laughs> true. In our oceans. They deserve to starve. <laughs> Typical press. I gotta say, for favorite shot, I really did not enjoy this movie, but I had like eight favorite shots written down by the end. Um <laughs> I, yeah, I probably had like four or five. I was yeah. very surprised, but it might be because the rest was so bad that these stood out. Um, Charlie, do you want to go first? Yeah, I think my ultimate favorite is, um, I guess it's kind of like two shots, but uh, the shots, the last shots where there's a few shots throughout where when Gamera's incapacitated and for some reason he's just standing on his head in the ocean while incapacitated and his foot's just out of one of his feet is just hanging out of the water. Yeah. Um, on the surface of the water and my the last two shots of that are both like they take place on a stormy night and one of the first shot is like you see the city behind it and this just fucking foot sticking out in the ocean and it's just a really weird absurd shot and then it cuts to like um yeah there's a storm going on and lightning hits his foot and i think both those shots are pretty cool hell yeah probably the like the moon base opening hell yeah like i like the earth hanging back there like it looked very silly but like it was my kind of silly um it was either that or when we were seeing gamma bleed underwater like that that blood looked very cool very cool just and there was a lot of it and just kind of like hung that's when i was like 
you know, that was probably the last 10 minutes of the movie. Because, again, so, listeners, dear listeners, when after Rabbit finished this film, he texted us and said, 10 out of 10. And I took that as as a genuine uh, review of this of this motion picture. And so the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking something good is coming. <laughs> and then the blood hung out in the air. I'm like, something good is happening. <laughs> the last 10 minutes of this movie are going to be crazy. And they weren't. They were bad. But, <laughs> but so sorry. that was very cool. It's not Rabbit's fault. You're gullible and dumb. <laughs> this is true. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't imagine that you would think a, a one of these gamer movies at this stage would get a ten. But I'm sorry for misleading you. Well, we've been on this sort of pathway with this, and in my listening to the older ones, sure, is you keep coming into this being like they're supposed to get really bad at this point yep. but mm-hmm. i actually really like this one and so i thought maybe there's like an inverse relationship between how much we like a gamma movie versus how much everyone else likes a, a particular gamma movie and i thought you know we've hit the tippy top totally this is the best one everyone else is wrong i have the exact opposite um thought process in you where so up to this point um you know, I use Letterbox a lot, and I like look at the grades on there, and I've always been like, "Wow, that movie! These gamma movies are a lot better than these grades on here." So then, you know, this has a two point two on Letterbox, which is a lot lower than all the other ones. But I was still like, "Yeah, it's probably going to be worse than the others, but uh, it's still probably going to have some fun and some moments to it." And then, as soon as Rabbit texts that ten out of ten, I was like, "Oh." He, that just means it's fucking horrible. That's just a complete joke. Um, and there's going to be nothing redeeming about this movie. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. That's what I was trying to portray. I'm sorry. In my own way. Okay, well, y'all mentioned some of my favorite shots. But also, I think my favorite shot was, yet again, stock footage of planes. <laughs> that was cool. I thought I going to say that I like the shot footage of like like sludge oceans. Just really kind of... They're good shots and just uh, oh, really fair. hammers home like the pollution. Um, but what were the sock footage of the planes? I don't remember that. Like the jets taken off. Yeah, and, uh, when oh. they sent the jets and then the jets got shot down. Uh, other favorite ones, I mean, Gamera's fire breath underwater. Come on. Like- oh, yeah. That was another one. <laughs> yeah, that was another one of the only good moments in the movie. Yeah. Uh, just fucking awesome. So dumb, but amazing. Um, I kind of liked, there are multiple shots of kids running away that were like better than the mo- the rest. Like there was one where Gamera's head was on the side, like Gamera's on the side and they were running away. It looked kind of cool. And I kind of liked the one where she's stuck in the Ferris wheel and they're running off, even though it was so stupid. There's something about it where I was like, this is at least dynamic. Like the camera's yeah. moving in a Ferris wheel. It's grabbing my attention more than like this. Like, we don't care where the camera is. We don't care what you do. Just waste film other shots, you know? Um, the the opening shot or like once we got out of the moon and oh the my opening God. shot on SeaWorld, oh. it looked like they had just like gone up in a tree and attached a camera to a balloon that was running out of air and I, just like let it go. I swear it was like <laughs> shitty CCTV 
stop footage. Like, it felt like a horrible security camera that was like, and just slowly turning. Like, the, it, it was so flat and, like, angular. Like, what was going on? Like I said earlier, it was a super low budget and the studio was go- going out of uh, business, but... Um... Still, there's lots of good low budget totally. stuff that is shot well and made well. I mean, I think the set designs were pretty. I think the money put into the set designs and some of the costume designs were were good. Um, although I'm not the biggest fan of Zegra's design itself, I still think it was maybe executed. Um, sure, you know, not horribly. Well, one thing we've been talking about Severed a lot, and one thing this movie and Severed, despite all their flaws have in common is a strong environmental message you know so let's uh sure let's talk about that polluting the oceans is bad guys um yeah uh the the dads do have some interesting like lines about like not just as pollution bad but like it goes farther than i would think pollution is mankind's fault and scientific progress tends to destroy nature that's pretty fucking hard going pretty hard yeah that's super hard um not only scientific progress but zegras is we lived in the sea and cultural progress ruined our water yes like fuck what well and that's sort of the weird thing is that there's no like uh, all the characters sort of have the same narrative about pollution like the good guys and the bad guys are both like Pollution is bad. It ruins things. And there's no, like, there's no tension there at all. No. And so the message doesn't go anywhere. Good point. Even the humans say it's mankind's fault. And then Zegra says, you're an ugly life form, unfit to be allowed to use the oceans. But then he also adds, I am a beautiful creature and should have the right to enjoy the ocean. Yes. But they even agree that it's humanity's fault. Like... That, that's something that we should address is that this is a kaiju that talks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is very rare. Um, the, it talks in this, like, think, low voice. And it somehow of... talks to all of Earth at once? Yeah, he's, he's pretty powerful. <laughs> pretty powerful. With, like, a light-up red light? It, it, has a little red light on its head that lets mm. you know it's it's speaking in English and then periodically just screams. Yes. <laughs> what was the point of the scream? We're not there yet. We're not there yet. But yeah. <laughs> the only other time so far we've encountered a talking kaiju is like uh, when the Shobajin translate uh, them in... Uh... Ghidorah, Three-Headed Monster. Yeah. yeah. Like there's no other time we've encountered a talking kaiju, right? Coming up. That's that's pretty um, groundbreaking uh, stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> it felt a lot like Virus, where it was like the ship was Virus, and then the monster was Virus. So it felt like it just felt like cheating. Where like, oh, this is a spaceship and yeah. a kaiju. Um, but about the pollution and stuff, yeah, it, it's a good message, and <laughs> it's good that they're portraying it towards kids. That the general message of look how fucked our oceans are um from what we're doing uh the commentary points out that um well first of all tokyo bay even today it's insanely polluted but uh back then it was just like off the charts fucking polluted like just looked and smelt like complete shit was it like peaking at this point like do you think it got to a point 
that like it makes sense that this and Hedera came out as the two main kaiju movies of the year. From what they were saying, like it really made sense that Tokyo Bay was just that insanely disgusting. Because they're not um, both just also, environmental; they're both about pollution, and they focus on the ocean. Yeah, I, I I do think that it was like at a peak around that point. Um, just the pollution in in Tokyo in general, for sure. Oh yeah. So they also said that Japan depends more on seafood than any other country, twice as much as the second place. Uh, uh, countries that depend on seafood which is scandinavia wild so it's it's a really big thing about you know their water being polluted so that's kind of hammers home for them as a country and I then guess. this is a sea animal getting revenge that's interesting i yeah. hadn't really thought of that angle I, it's like a shark the one thing that i really wish there was another motive i guess for the, the aliens because <laughs> yeah you can get behind them being like there's something there like we want to protect your oceans we want to kind of like punish you for protecting their oceans or whatever but then they're like because we did the same thing to our oceans and now we're going to colonize you and make you food right like this was off mic we talked about how i thought there was one sort of insightful piece of dialogue in this movie and it was this speech where she explains that yeah we live in the oceans we ruin the oceans we're looking for another mm-hmm. ocean and we see a beautiful ocean here and y'all are ruining it so we're going to be the stewards of it <laughs> and then use you as food <clears throat> and it made me think about national parks like it made me think about like, like North by northwest a, like like the congo like the national yeah. park service in the congo where there's all these indigenous people that live there and then i think the belgians were like actually there's all these you know like endangered animals there and you need to move you can't live here anymore and used horrific violence to move people out of where the parks are isn't that isn't that one of the biggest rainforest countries the congo uh I I can't say confidently yes, but that sounds right to me. I think it's like um, one of the top three. And that's wrong. not a, like a unique national park story either. Yellowstone, they drove the indigenous people out, a bunch of fucking right. settlers and the president of the United States to preserve it. But if the buffaloes step outside the land, they still slaughter them to this day, 2020, you know? Right. Jesus. Right, right. That's a good point. Yeah. And so I thought that was like, it's like, wow, they really nailed this one idea that this is like a really evil way of looking at uh, what's the old word that they used to use for conservation. Yeah, totally. yeah it's fucking ancient ass uh, boomer fucking word. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is this is like the violence of conservation, mm-hmm. and and they they really nailed it in that speech but then they don't again they don't really like make a distinction at all between like what's a better way well and they don't Mm -hmm. like it's almost like the heroes are like oh well he's right about the oceans but not like but it's bad that he like wants to protect the oceans for himself like instead of for their own mm-hmm. sake or like that they're ones who polluted the oceans already like none of, yeah none of that comes up it's almost like they agree with this fucking weirdo and are like oh we should probably pollute less like that's <laughs> fucking weird it really goes about it half-assed 
super yeah, happy. And, and they return to it at the end, just being like, "Don't throw, you know, don't leave your glass yeah. bottle on the beach, you know." And it's like, "Well, yeah, you know, like, which that's yeah. true, it's ironic, it's true. It's not really going to do anything either way, but yeah, I'm not going to do that because." It's very Captain Planet, right? Like, you know, they point out yep. that there's a big problem, but then the solution is that children shouldn't litter rather than that, like, multinational mm. corporations shouldn't dump toxic stuff and that capitalism mm-hmm. is inherently destructive. But it's also, like, a special level of fucked up when SeaWorld, who's stealing animals from the ocean to mistreat them in under the guise of conservation under the guise of like animal welfare is sponsoring a movie that's against environmental destruction that focuses on a kid not leaving a glass bottle like it gets pretty dark from that angle when did SeaWorld start i had no idea is this old branching out to fucking around the world like this i don't remember have either of you been to SeaWorld before i've been to SeaWorld when i was a kid And then I used to argue with my mom that SeaWorld was bad, and she would tell me that I was trying to destroy our childhood memories. And then Blackfish came out, and she was like, well, we all know that SeaWorld's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 1964. That makes sense. But I'm not seeing anything about, in the Wikipedia page, SeaWorld Japan, so I don't know. I thought they said SeaWorld's still still around. Maybe I'm completely misremembering, though. Uh, what did y'all think of the stuff at the beginning where they were weirdly comparing the children to the SeaWorld animals? From the filmmaking perspective, I think there is there is there is some uh something there. The way that it just kind of like juxtaposed the children and the the whales going back and forth shot wise and then um uh, brushing their teeth, checking their teeth out. Um, I thought that, that was kind of an interesting um. There's some some more imagination there than we see throughout the rest of the movie, and and then after that they they do this. One of the kids says, "Animals are smarter than us yeah. humans," yeah. and I thought, okay, that's what this movie is going to be yep. about <laughs> in some way. Like, there's going to be this like this parallel between the what the kids are doing and the animals at SeaWorld or the animals in the sea or something nope and it just never again it just never happens i mean (laughs) no yeah the only thing i can think if i'm trying really hard is that like the humans are polluting the ocean and we have this sea animal looking thing also polluting the ocean which is like a weird parallel and you had weird parallels before but it means nothing to me i get what you're saying charlie because it was more grabbing than most of the movie but it also was just felt like this ham-fisted way of like forcing SeaWorld footage into the movie and then the part like brush your teeth the orcas do it better than you and, I, and like my literal mind was like they're not brushing their own teeth you fucking liar <laughs> we're watching it <laughs> um it's also weird that these kids I, live at SeaWorld. yes like, yeah it's super i think it's very strange yeah sorry but the SeaWorld house these clearly pretty advanced like marine biologists i, I guess maybe they will but they seem like they're i guess on a different level than what i would expect from i bet they have some pretty accredited people to try to like explain to the world why they're great for enough money well i did just look it up this sea world sea world japan there's Mm -hmm. a space between sea and world that sea world like orlando does not have different different whoa rip off 
yeah. fucking crazy. I wonder if if at the time it was a different company or if that's like something over time something. No, I, I think it is. I think oh. I think it's been a different company the whole time. Wow, I know. The more you Trippy. know. Um, um, the one. But I yeah with the sorry with the the teeth brushing like I just more more like visually there's something kind of more creative and inspiring there just kind of like visually drawing these comparisons and doing something more than the rest of the oh and as i said i fully uh, agree with you but in terms of editing and camera work and stuff i fully agree with you it's just that it's only because the rest of the movie is so bad that we're saying this in a normal movie (laughs) we would say like what are you doing um (laughs) but the the part that annoyed me the most was that they were like basically saying that the kids should do what they're told more in school like the seals which by the way are sea lions i don't know if that's a translation issue or they just didn't know they're not seals but they're basically like you should be (laughs) a harassed animal that will be like abused if you don't do what you're told just like these fucking sea lions bugged me didn't like it i i don't i'm sure it wasn't a real hammer but i i was in that opening sequence, they have like these giant hammers that they hit the whales with, and it really tripped me out to yeah. <laughs> watch that on screen. I don't remember that. <laughs> you guys remember that South Park episode where they um, the kids want to save the whale and they end up shooting on the moon? That is that is one of the hardest times I've ever laughed watching television. So <laughs> was the first time funny. I saw that episode. <laughs> And yeah, South Park problematic, but yeah, that episode in particular. But man, still, pretty good. Very man. Very I hated that times. episode more than I used to like South Park. I hated that episode, but anyway, <laughs> I remember one time you pulled your oh yeah mouth muscles watching. South that was Park an older episode. We were on shrooms. I laughed so hard I pulled my mm-hmm. face muscle, and I thought I had an aneurysm. It was great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was when they made the kid the eat his own parents. <laughs> Yeah, the, the one yeah. with uh, uh, Tom York's band. So good. This was the Radio those Head. were the mushrooms that y'all found. Little ones. Oh, was it the yeah. one that the camp found? Yeah, yeah. the uh, Cassayans. Whatever. Anyway, this Gamera movie wouldn't be a later Gamera movie if there wasn't the theme that children are smarter than adults. But I think it was pretty ballsy of this movie to make that claim and then cast these people as Helen and Ken. Yeah. You all keep talking um, about how bad actors the kids are. And I kept being like, I didn't notice. And this time I noticed. <laughs> yeah. So terrible. The commentary. So first of all, um, Helen and her sister in this, their sisters in real life. Um, her older sister actually was supposed to be the main female character, but uh, I guess she looked too old. Um, I think the original age was supposed to be older than what Helen is in this, mm. but uh, they just had to make a decision. But they, they chose them because they're half white, um, half Japanese. Yeah. Uh, because this was they were still trying to kind of cater towards a Western market by putting... Um, white people in them every now and then yeah yeah they they mentioned in the commentary that the two girls were you know not very serious actors they just came on set and learned their lines when they were filming them which makes sense that's probably how child actors generally should do it uh yeah but i guess uh the 
Ken was like a super serious child actor who would go home every night and memorize his lines <laughs> the next day. And like, what? Like, there's no difference between no. the two of them. They're just both. I, I guess that he like vomited all of the, his words out. They mm-hmm. just like, it, it just, it felt like he had been really, really, really memorizing his lines and was too excited to say <laughs> yeah. them out loud. Like, he mem- he knew the words, but he mm-hmm. didn't know how to act in, yeah. at all. Not which, again, at it's fine. He's a child, all. but yeah. don't put him in your movie. I wonder if he had any kind of career after this. I don't remember if they mentioned <laughs> that or not in the commentary. I Yeah, it was, it was so fucking rough. I mean, I liked that they still did the same dynamic where the, the fully Japanese kid, I guess, knew that Gamera is a, a friend to all children, and the half-white girl, instead of just the white person again, was like, what? You're wrong. You're stupid. And then it turns out they're right. That's just funny that they're doing that every time. Like, what is this universe where only fully Japanese kids know that this the secret about Gamera? Yeah, I feel like that would be a pretty big thing. We're like, holy shit, there's a giant fire-eating slash breathing <laughs> fl- tur- flying turtle who... Uh fucking loves and protects all children you can <laughs> i feel like that would kind of be universally uh known among my group instead yeah. of uh um i think that would, that would take precedent over um marilyn manson removed three of his ribs so he could suck his right? dick you'd think <laughs> um, but everybody who's our age in the on the planet knows <laughs> yes. that <laughs> but uh yeah, I also thought it was funny how, um, yeah, she's like, I don't like monsters. And he's like, Gamera is friends of all kids. And she's like, oh, uh, really? And then later when Gamera saves him, she goes, I love Gamera. And he goes, Puh, girls overdo it all the time or something like that. And there was a, a like, flip one, right? Where the, the kid, Ken said something about the island they were on or something. And she went, boys are worthless or something like that. Yeah, she said, boys are worthless when... Uh, yeah, when they were on the abandoned island. I don't... But yeah, there's there's a moment where she like said, I love Gamera, and he's like, you're overdoing it. Or, yeah, like, yeah. Girls always overdo Unlike it, the boys like before who've been going like, go, go, Gamera, over and over and yeah. over. <laughs> I mean, him, he's yelling at the TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, like, I, I don't... Just bad acting, bad writing. Yes. I mean, and, and it does... Like you've you've talked about this before in your studies of this writer and director, but it really does studies. seem like he... that's the best I've ever felt about myself. <laughs> like st- stopped growing up at like the age of twelve. Yeah. Like yeah. all of this feels like dialogue that like a very like kind of maybe even thinks he's like very bright like kind of full of himself 12 year old would write about like i'm gonna put in facts about science and i'm gonna make this mean something totally and just (laughs) i have um i have maybe his only non-camera movie it's like the silver-haired witch and the snake and the silver-haired witch or something like that i'm very interested in watching it and um I haven't watched it yet, so I'm very interested in seeing it. And uh, like, does he still have this just like completely naive, childlike idea about everything on the planet um, in this other movie? Because yeah, in all these gamma movies, it's just like these are made by a completely 
childlike, naive person who in some parts of his uh, brain just like never grew up. He has like no kind of extensive insight in anything politically or morally. It's just very, very basic, all this. Or like how people... Yeah. yeah, like a- any interest in like other people <laughs> at all. Like there's no deeper insight into mm-hmm. how another human being behaves at all. I will say this movie is his most childish, though, as we mentioned earlier, in like the humor too, like in a way he hasn't done before. Like my dad has special powers. He farts when he eats like where's that been all this time? I... You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that was I... funny, yeah. though. That was no, like... it's not funny. <laughs> yes, it's it not is. It's not funny, Arto, because that's not a special power. I do that every day. No, that's not so you're funny. not a father, that's Charlie. So funny. I meant, I forgot to, but I meant to grab some chips so that when we discussed that part, I would be able to demonstrate how that is not a special ability. <laughs> And it's just a stupid thing for them to put in there. Bardo, I can't believe you thought it was a special ability. <laughs> no. Wait, so so just clarify me. You're just upset because you feel like this movie is punching down on you specifically. <laughs> is that what's going on here? Do you guys not fart when you eat? Is that? Am I? <laughs> Again, I'm not a father. It doesn't count. <laughs> am I actually, like, full of special abilities? <laughs> but... Again, it feels like the scene itself feels like he got children and like how children just like are really bad. You know, that that's the whole scene is weird. Yeah. They're like inter- in interviewing the army is interviewing these children about their crazy experience in front of the press. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what a wild thing to do. Yeah. And like all of that, like weird it- I can imagine a child with all that like weird attention on them is just like really hyperactive and doesn't really want to talk about what you're talking about. They want to talk about how pretty their mom is and uh, yeah, you know that their dad but, farts, you know, but and that they want juice. It's also super weird for a couple of different things. Like yeah, they're child, so they're talking about how, oh my dad f- farts when he eats and oh no my mom's prettier than your mom, but also. They know that both their dads are like comatose right now, <laughs> and that apparently has no that's effect true. on them at all. Yeah, that's and they true. know that they're being interviewed by the military because their dads are comatose, and that they're still just their regular kitty selves. And not only that, but this whole group of people are like of the adults of press and military people. They're aware that this there's an alien race attacking humanity who has created magnitude two magnitude 12 earthquakes across the globe and a magnitude 13 earthquake that has killed in the peru one in the peruvian one they said it killed um or maybe it was the arabian one i forgot which they said it killed thirty thousand people and left like over a hundred thousand people injured and yet these people are just and you can imagine the tokyo one which is a denser uh city and it was a 13 instead of a 12. You can imagine how bad that was. And the, all these military people impressed, they're sitting around laughing at these kids making jokes about their dad farting. Um, 
when they're interviewing them about their fucking like these aliens that are attacking us it it, it doesn't make sense that's all I'm even saying. worse Dude. he doesn't care that we're the audience are aware of that stuff like he doesn't give a yeah. shit that, like he doesn't have a decision of if we're supposed to be actually afraid of the fact that these bad guys want to kill the kids or that the parents might not come to Mm. life or that all these people have died he just like this is a good time for this like he has no empathy or idea (laughs) of what he's trying to make anyone feel with this movie is it a drama is it scary is it funny oh we can just do all at once it doesn't matter like it's just you know that that was I, i I guess I all I want to say is that, to be clear, my praise for this scene is that it's just nice to oh, watch. Sure. <laughs> like there's just like people talking and laughing and like they're interacting. Like if you divorce it from the context of anything that's going on, which you have it's to, just like these are how people talk to each other, kind of. Yeah. Like in a way that most of the movie, no one, you know. Again, that what I was saying. He that scene where the dad like explains what a magnitude is to his kid you know they're in a flying saucer under you know kidnapped under the other there's an alien they're like it none of it it's all nonsense there's no exact he doesn't know what people think or feel at fully all. and that's the only way anything can be good in this movie because the context is so stupid and confused the only good parts completely break from everything else like are like asides that don't make sense or like shots that come out of nowhere like because the context is so badly portrayed i just want to underline how insane of a death toll <laughs> 30,000 people from an earthquake is it's a lot it's a big earthquake yeah that and over a hundred thousand injured i mean but it it means nothing in the movie just like it's like you know you know how i couldn't get over the like you know how land animals have to eat out of the sea so sea animals have to eat out of the land like <laughs> yeah. what are you fucking talking about so we we can't yeah. kill the japanese because if we kill the japanese there would be no more land creature what are you talking about like wait it wasn't killing the japanese it's just killing people in sure. general isn't it well there's a lot of animals like this idea that like we could we have to stop these girls like <laughs> for no there's no motivation for chasing them in particular. They came to Earth and announced what their plan was and that where they yes. were. And and they were like, oh, but these girls who know exactly the same as everyone else in the world know too much, but don't hurt anyone else <laughs> because there's a limited number of people. And if we start... Yeah. It... Yeah. Like, at that point, they'd already telepathically communicated to everyone that they're an alien species creating earthquakes to prove their scientific um superiority uh, superiority so that uh, so you must surrender to them so what exactly what exactly did the kids know they knew that there was a woman there like what do the kids know that they they had to so desperately stop and the the space woman that he's mind controlling like why does he have to explain to her the narrative i won't drop it of why to chase them like because we're sea creatures that eat land things like does it matter you have her in your control just tell her to chase them her mind isn't even no exactly 
she is just a zombie. <laughs> yes. So why are you explaining this to her? Not only that, um, how is it they're on the ship? She shuts. She uh, hypnotizes the parents, and they avert their the kids avert their eyes so that she can't put them in comatose or whatever. Um, and then they touch something, and that makes her stop. I'm still unclear on what that yep. was. But <laughs> then, right. then they 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 figure out how to put them all on the boat and push the button to beam them back to Earth. Also crazy. And then a little bit later, Zegra unfreezes her and tells him to go back after her where was he during all this why did he not free unfreeze her immediately when they froze her like what he was was like hank who's right there (laughs) yeah Yeah. his head head is overlooking the entire fucking room and apparently he just let them freeze her and just waited until they left to unfreeze her and tell him to go tell her to go he was off in his mind thinking about the ocean man Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's thinking really big thoughts. Can't be concerned concerned with that little shit. Totally. I will point out that was another one of my favorite shots was the uh, the first um establishing shot of the spaceship where it's I think it was a pretty cool set design of the spaceship overall. Um very uh, jelly bean oriented like the ship it, the the ship itself that we when we see the out shots of the ship. I was thinking gumballs. Yeah. Gumballs, jelly beans. Um and then uh, it, it, I think that was just a cool shot. You also see uh, her standing with her back to the camera. And then you see the boat with them on it. And you see the Zegra's head overlooking it all. I, for some reason, I didn't remember what Zegra was supposed to be. So when I was first watching this, I was like, oh, fuck. Is that like a giant crow with a raven with like a fucking cobweb over it or something? Um I really did not realize it was a shark head, and but I thought it looked super, super cool and neat. Does Zegra just change sizes? I don't. He mentions in the movie that the uh, water pressure made him grow. Earth's water pressure. Oh, that's right. Grow. Is he the UFO? Yeah, or is that... he inside the UFO? It's hard to say. So what happens is Gamera... I'm sorry, we're getting Shoot. really off track. No, here. I no, just no. I'm, yeah. I don't I, want to know the answers. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the only things about this movie all of us are curious about. <laughs> Gamera flames him with his flamethrower. One of the other only cool shots um, in the movie, which is a side note. <laughs> Apparently, the Godzilla movies used um, an optical printer to do uh, Godzilla's breath, his radiation breath. But Dia Studios didn't have the money for an optical printer, so instead they just opted for a uh, actual flamethrower to shoot out of <laughs> camera. Um, Hell yeah! But uh, yeah, I don't. So he shoots the ship with his flames, and all of a sudden the ship disappears, and it's Zegra as a giant. It's just a giant shark monster. So I guess we're supposed to assume that the fire destroyed the rest of the ship. But Zegra was like pretty much half, maybe 60% of the mass of the. I think maybe he was more than a little guy because you saw his giant head. Um, But comparatively. So, like, maybe he was like, yeah, I guess maybe like 30% of the ship or something. And then the water pressure. You see him at one point, you see his growth. Why why does he he need a ship? How does he control it? Are there controls? Does he have hands? It doesn't matter. It's so stupid. it's also stupid because they talk about how this is a race of aliens on another planet yeah. that 
their ocean was destroyed. And so you would assume that there's more than just They're one. They're all going to different oceans. It, and he keeps talking about how they're going to populate True. Earth and use Earth use people as food. But where are the fucking other ones, Bartha? <laughs> where are the other ones? Okay. So I think Rabbit is going to kill us for getting on this train no, of thought. I don't care so about the train. <laughs> I'm just so... I'm, I just have done with this movie. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Is there yeah. anything we liked about Zegra? Anything you liked? I don't think his design was horrible or anything. It was, it's definitely not one of my favorite kaiju designs, but I think it was a kind of cool design. I like that they based it on a goblin shark, which is a very mm. kind of unique ancient shark that, that, that the pick to base it off of. And apparently also its fins were based on a... um sailfish to me because if it's like beak it looked like a squid like wearing a shark costume it was really confusing <laughs> well like i said with its beak when i when you first saw it in the spaceship i thought it was a fucking like yeah totally or, or something uh i liked him walking around on land he looks so yeah that's different super like it was just weird. suddenly oh it's a dude yeah. in a suit oh we're back it's gaios <laughs> yeah. I thought it transformed. Like the first time he came on land, that was like I was sort of fading. Like <laughs> I'm like I just fucking missed something. No. And then when we got back in the water, I was like, oh no, I guess I didn't. But I kind of I kind of liked how he looked uh, walking around on land. That looked pretty sick. I think it's very funny how the whole movie is hammering home how um the oceans are fucked this creature is a ocean creature who came to earth because their Deep oceans ocean are fucked creature. but then it just operates perfectly yeah. fine on land oh, <laughs> yeah that's the <laughs> so other funny. thing is that light really bothers it but it also can go and stand yeah. in yeah. the sun it can and... also just fight in sunlight also like <laughs> when it's standing up and suddenly it's like oh this is a man in a costume oh that makes me realize gamera's a man in the costume I suddenly realized how much I missed just watching two dudes obviously in costumes hit each other compared to this movie. Like, she's <laughs> yeah. like, oh man, finally, maybe we're just going to get some of this old shit. That's, please. <laughs> like, I like when it shoots down the planes. Gotta give it that. That's That shot where, like, there were three planes on screen and two of them were crashing it and the other one was just, like, going straight up or something it was just like this very silly array of planes totally. as he's shooting them down it looked awesome but yeah otherwise i didn't hate them fighting underwater it was just so long and slow yeah it was you watched another movie where they're on um fuck the knife head movie yeah gear on oh, where yeah. they're they're fighting and that's also like super slow. not like this though it's, it's like a different kind of slow where, I mean, obviously that's because the gravity and I don't know, it's still super entertaining to watch. And this was just the most boring fucking fight scenes in kaiju history. And you have Gamera, like the time when he, he saves the bathosphere and he just fucking dances for like 10 seconds and he throws a rock at him. Then he fucking dances for 10 seconds more <laughs> and then he grabs the bathosphere and like tries to leave what the 10 fuck is that? seconds you're what kidding you know, Bartow, me it was like 40 seconds yeah i was trying to be generous i i looked up while we were watching this that they haven't used bathy spears since like the 1930s nice. i couldn't figure out they've used submarines in several other of these movies right? 
and had kids stow away on yes. them like this. Like they could have done the exact same bit and not used a thirty year out of date. Right. Which just reminds me, like very strange. There is so much kids in peril in this movie that it's almost traumatic like we already have all the crazy shit but then they're in the bathysphere and it's leaking and going farther and farther underwater and the kids are gonna drown and you're like what is the tone here <laughs> so it's... yeah and then they're like dead yes then they're functionally they're dead <laughs> uh, wait which is another thing why did that happen they're they're like like they should have run out of oxygen eight hours ago. Yeah. They pull him up, and the kids are dead. And then the person who was under control of <laughs> Zigra before is like, "Oh no, don't worry. He just like put them in stasis, froze their cells mm -hmm. or something." Why did that happen? What was? It seemed like he created a situation for the kids yes. that where they were helpless and didn't know how to get out of it. And so just said, yeah, he froze them. Yeah, totally. It felt like an afterthought and to so get them fine. out. The, the cells will thaw. It'll be fine. Were they, did they make a conscious effort to trick him into making them comatose? Because they talked about when they came up, they live because they consumed less air because they were comatose. So right. do they trick, they, they made a conscious decision to trick Zegra into making them, into hypnotizing them so that they would consume less air, right? I don't know. I don't sure. know Sure, let's just say yes. because I'm like... not even sure he, he hypnotized <laughs> them. I, I have no idea what happened. It just felt I, convoluted I and shoved in there. Um <laughs> but maybe it was all part of an epic plan. Maybe it's the Ocean Eleven of Gamera films, and it was all thought out beforehand. I don't know. I just want to point out that in their fights, like the, you know, Gamera versus Zegra, I fucking loved when Gamera went into his shell and started hopping backwards. Mm -hmm. We haven't brought that up yet. It was great. I don't remember that. Best part of the movie, yeah, dude. You got to watch cool. it again. <laughs> what what part of the movie was it was it later in the movie yeah they were fighting one of the fights i don't know which fight yeah the underwater fight one of them that they do new i don't know. i last 10 minutes again some cool stuff it happened. might have been I in mean, the first minutes, like i said i but... don't think it was in the last 10 i think it was in the first underwater fight okay. i think it was before he was um, cut but also this movie made me so angry so often i was constantly furious um i was constantly saying i wasted my life by agreeing to do this <laughs> podcast uh, yeah you watched it um, two more times <laughs> I, I i believe in dedication i just i took an edible i gripped the armchair and i just held on i didn't avert my gaze you know i took breaks i i like even this afternoon, I only had like forty five minutes left, but I no. I took breaks and during that. It's a time. long time. Yeah, yeah under it's over half the movie left. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I I feel I feel Charlie. You seem like this movie's gotten to you. I feel like this. You haven't slept in like weeks, even though you've only been watching this movie for the last few days. Like I feel like it really fucked you up. I it <laughs> it really it really bothered me. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I should probably say also to listeners, my one of my dogs died over the weekend. 
um, who I, I, I got 13 years ago. So that's also probably an effect on me. Um, and I'm working two different jobs and that's been kind of stressful and getting to me. So, so maybe I'm not all there mentally, but also this movie, <laughs> this movie did more, more damage more. than both of those things. Way more damage. <laughs> oh. Did y'all like when uh, Gamera and Zegra 69'd while yes. Gamera was riding on Zegra? I appreciate all 69ing. I think that's <laughs> a beautiful thing. And even in this terrible movie, I think that is a beautiful thing. Hell yeah. Is that one of the way he like fucking kills him? Is that he just pounds Zegra into the ground over after the 69ing? <sighs> I, th- I think right? I don't it... remember. I think he just sixty nines him to death. I think that's canon. <laughs> Doesn't he like sixty nine him and Zegra's are like this fucking rules? And all of a sudden, Gamera shoves his head into the ground and no, and... he throws a rock on his nose. Mm, that's right. Very slowly tips him over, I think. and then he like laughs. He spends like a minute laughing. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he mocked him and then set him on fire. And then, like, paper mache, he just kind of burned away. That's right. He rotted to death. Like, that was all. Everything was slow. Like, he's on fire. We know he's dead. And it's just like, we need to make sure you see every molecule burn before you'll know yeah. that he's dead. Uh, unrelated, but I, I just forgot to mention. Did y'all notice that it's over 50% of the way into the movie before we see Gamera's back legs. He's just flying with those jets underwater in the sky for the first half of the movie. Why'd you take, before we see his back legs? Yeah, like, it's just weird that we, all we see is Gamera going, every shot of Gamera is for half the movie. Okay. What is going on, Charlie? <laughs> I, I don't know why you took notice. That's that. so weird. Like that's like a weird special power he does every once in a while. But this film, it's just every time you see Gamera, he's flying. That's fucking weird. Okay. Is that not weird to you, Charlie? Yeah, I mean... I'm lost. Is it not weird? <laughs> it's a weird movie. It's also weird how we see him like fucking holding a boat while he flies through the air and sticks his tongue in and out in and out and totally out. get on this um, boat of adding weird things instead of questioning them <laughs> <laughs> sorry i i did write down uh does gamera usually have this much tongue like <laughs> so halfway uh, halfway through my notes or a third of the way through my notes i'm out of notes does anyone have any less no- good notes uh I, I wanted to ask if there I've not seen all the Gamera movies and I just started like noting all of the things I knew that happened in other Gamera movies that also happened in this movie and I'm curious if I missed any. What do you got? Walkie talkies. Okay. Uh, walkie talkies. <laughs> sa- mysteriously saving the day. Like it was the radio last yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, kids stowing away in submersibles. Yep. Um, there was. Um... I got one. Uh, killing the bad guy in the final fight by driving his nose into a rock. That's how Virus got killed. Oh, yeah. Farting while eating. Huge. <laughs> As you pointed out, Charlie, earlier, uh, the you know, the main person being a Japanese kid and the sidekick being a white kid. 
That's but right. also adding. Oh, this time, this time it's kind of interesting that they went to went with um. Yes, half white, that's new. Half Japanese. I don't know. Maybe there were. Maybe there aren't more. Maybe that. Maybe that's it. Um, Humans having dolphin brains. That's another one that's been in a lot of them. No, it hasn't. It <laughs> hasn't. I'm sorry. No, it hasn't. Um, did we see him fly as a uh, nope UFO at all? Have we seen him fly as a UFO recently? I think it's been a few. I can't remember if that's like a main staple. If that's only been like in like a couple movies. It was a main staple at first. I think they dropped it out, but it came back. It's I in most of them, I think. Last time we saw one, and the time before that, we did not. I think so, too. Okay. Um, Gamera getting cut and bleeding and just sitting there bleeding seems to be like a common thing to just add some spice to the fights. Yeah, which is one of the greatest things, in my opinion, about the Gamera movies, is they're willing to go into the more violent and visceral stuff. I mean, he got cut up in this one. His belly got all those slashes with all that blood coming out. That was fucking hectic. Keep it up, Gamera series. Keep it up, Dice Studios. How many do we have left of Showa? There's one more Showa era in 1981, which is supposed to be worse, the worst oh, movie. Oh, really? We um, we but... got all the way through until Super Gamera. Oh, yeah. shit. I didn't realize. And then there's the trilogy in the 90s, which is three of the greatest movies ever made. And then there's uh, one more in the early 2000s, yeah. which I've All right. Seen. So we are... This one and the next one are the the bottom of the barrel, and then we are just onto the Heisei. Crazy. Yep. And yep. and then, and we have ten years till the next yep. one. So there's like a lot mm-hmm. of better stuff in between now. Totally. Which is I didn't realize that. Holy crap! I guess I mean we got them through. I think the worst of the Godzilla movies. So that's pretty. Cool. We're about to enter. There's a couple couple stinkers coming up. Oh, I'm but, not saying they're all great, but uh, we got them through the bulk. You know, attack all monsters and yeah. Um, We're yeah. not going back to Son of Godzilla or whatever. Yeah, no, oh, Son of Godzilla. Is <laughs> At least it's really a movie, um, like Attack All Monsters. Um, just want to throw a couple things out. Right. The Gamera song lyrics—they're often thought to be either elements or day of the weeks, um, but they could also stand for abbreviated forms of planets. And the commentators thinks that that makes more sense than the elements and days of the week that are usually used when people translate the song. My subtitles always say uh, planets. Oh, yeah, really? I can't. I can't remember. This one didn't have subtitles for the song, so I couldn't remember oh, what my subtitles usually have. Mine usually have days of the week. Interesting. Like, yeah, this one had neither, but. Um... Uh, they mention how the gods, the Gamera movies are usually more international focused than Godzilla, not only because they often try to put in more white people than Godzilla, which I don't think it's... I mean, there's some Godzilla movies that do that too, but also they brought that up when they talk about like the UN. They, they always talk about the UN's fucking decisions. Like, what the... It's what, so... F- the UN does not... <laughs> Call the UN. <laughs> we've surrendered the whole yeah, it's world so funny to, to these that The UN needs to use... H-bombs. They'll want to hear this. The uh, UN is should the UN use H bombs on the aliens? That very weird. The UN is um, like a huge character in a bunch of the Gamma ones, and in this one they call on them, and we never even see them. Like, what is the point? Like, we only see them kind of like mentioned in the terms of like 
Japan speaking for them. But they like, in this one, they're just like, until we find out what the UN says, we just, okay, we'll do this. And it's like, but they never come. Just like everything else in this movie, I it know. never happens. Yeah, I mean, it was also like when they talked about, I feel like when they talk about using the H-bomb, I think that was also in the context of like, is is the UN going to use the yeah, H-bomb? Yeah, totally. It wasn't, just, it wasn't like Japan. Is Japan going to use the totally. H-bomb? It was... Yeah, and the, but then Japan was like answering for him. It, yeah, you're yeah, right. Very weird. Um, un- the underwater scenes were filmed through a fish tank. Um, oh, which I think was a very cool and creative way to kind of portray that. I was uh, trying to figure out how they did it. That's why the fire didn't um, go out yeah. in the water. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit. <sighs> I was wondering if they had underwater cameras because of SeaWorld or something, because I was like, that shit's expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely a creative, cool way to go about that. Uh, And the they kept calling her the Temptress um, as like a character archetype, but the alien lady, she was, I guess, she starred in many pink films, which if you don't know, that's kind of like very soft Japanese porno movies, but also because they're not, they're, they're very soft. There's also there's pretty there's just plenty of good pink movies is what I'm trying For to sure. say because um, they're not all focused on sex, uh, and she's also in they called one of the Scorpion, um, fuck I can't remember the number uh, Scorpion Prison movies, one of uh, one of her pink films but those aren't really pink films um, but they're great exploitation films and she was in one of those. Kind of explains why they, like, figured out a way to get her into a bikini for part of a scene. Yeah, right. well, they talk about how at this point um, there was a big kind of focus on making sure there was some eye candy there for um, adults who were taking their children to the theater. I mean, we had the so... sea wizard man already, so it feels like getting redundant, <laughs> but... I got nothing else to say about this movie. Yeah. I've, I've exhausted uh, enough brain cells thinking about this storing information about this i was really glad that i only finished like i started it two days ago and <laughs> yesterday i was like you know what i don't want to think about the rest of this movie more than like the six hours between when i watch it tomorrow totally. and when we start recording yeah this is the worst movie we've watched in this podcast I'm speaking for all of us as a whole. We've all agreed beforehand, um, even though at the top of the show we've discussed this and we didn't all agree at the time. We that was just uh, to so that we could have this surprise where we actually all agree that this is the worst movie because um, we wanted to make sure there was a surprise for you. At surprise! The end. <laughs> okay, what do y'all want to rate this film on the gamma scale? Uh, Dana Carvey. Dressed up as a turtle, not doing a moment of silence for 9-11. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, yeah, Dana Carvey, dressed as a turtle, um, starting to give a moment of silence for 9-11, but then shitting his pants. <laughs> Solid. Uh, while they're eating and there's fart noises coming out. I'm going to give it Dana Carvey, dressed as a turtle denouncing garth and saying this is the only character that dana carvey's ever played (laughs) (laughs) his um the dana carvey show a couple episodes i've seen were pretty funny all right yeah Yeah, he 
he says, I was never in it. I was only a turtle. (laughs) (laughs) Turtle, turtle. All right, folks, thanks for trudging through this fucking movie with us. I hope that this uh, uh, episode treated you well and was a nice, cool shower after such a horrible, scorching, awful movie experience if you were stupid enough to watch it just like we were. Um, You can rate us on Apple Podcasts. You can give us five stars. That'd be great. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at NoGodsPod. You can email us, NoGodsPod at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show... Don't throw your glass bottle in the ocean, you dingbat.